0: Hello and welcome to Cinema in Context where we discuss all things film and the connections between My name is Jeremy Downing I'm William Chan
1: And I'm Sarah Watt
0: And each month at Cinema in Context we discuss two films One current and one retrospective with some connection It could be the same actor, the same director or a similar theme This month we're discussing The Born Identity which came out in 2002 and Extraction which came out on Netflix this year obviously we are very limited with our choices at the moment with the amount of films coming out but still happily choosing the chris hensworth uh netflix extravaganza please be aware that there will be spoilers discussed of both films but before we jump into our discussion let's get a summary so i'm going to hear from william first give us a summary of born identity of course
2: so born identity again came out in 2002 it's based off well Kind of based off loosely uh, the first book in the Bourne series by uh, Robert Ludlum. Directed by Doug Lehman about an amnesiac super spy played by Matt Damon by the name of Jason Bourne. uh, Who travels through all these exotic European locations in the dead of winter trying to figure out what the heck happened and why he was left dead floating in the ocean.
0: Excellent. And Sarah, extraction.
1: Extraction, the Netflix film of 2020, stars Chris Hemsworth uh, in his uh, native Australian accent uh, as uh, something of a mercenary with, um, who knows, who knows who he is or where he's come from. He's a man with no backstory who has to go and save the kidnapped son of a millionaire. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one big chase scene. There you go. So we're done talking about Extraction, I think. So, poor identity. Uh, No. Okay, let's
0: jump on with Extraction, because, man, this was a, it was a, not a good movie. Um. It had
1: good things about it, I think we can agree, maybe. It
0: had promise. I mean, I was, I was positive at the initial moments of the movie.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Ah. And then the title came up.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm just gonna say, uh, I really, really like Extraction, (laughs) which may surprise no one. (laughs) Um, It has a lot of flaws, Uh, the main thing being which, it's just way too long. You're just bombasted with action uh, from all sides until by the end of it, it feels very numbing. Uh, Even though the action is amazing. It's just, it's too long.
1: Yeah, Cuts you get inured out. to it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. What,
2: what was once astonishing and amazing just becomes very rote in the middle of the road. Um, plus there's uh, some, some weird political things and also some really, really strange offbeat comedy, which might be a positive, it might be a negative. Guys, did you know that Chris Hemsworth's character's name is Tyler Rake? Yes. And there's a scene in the movie, I don't know if you saw this, but he kills a baddie with a, a rake? rake.
1: Oh, yes, I did. That's <laughs> subtle, isn't it? That's kind of like a callback Ah, No, no, something. no, it's
2: called Ford. Oh, that's true. Because at that time, you don't know his name is Tyler Rake. That's and we, when he says his name, I kind of left out, let out a... Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on?
1: I think it's fair to say, I don't even know why I was going to say in Extraction's defense, because mm. I'm not sure that it needs it, but I think it's fair to say that Extraction, which is the... Directorial feature debut of Sam Hargrave. Sam Hargrave has a history, um, so before that he did, he directed five short films, but mainly his history, right, is as a, um, to some extent, a cameraman, but mostly a stunt coordinator. And so the key selling points of extraction are the fight scenes, the chase scene, which I think we, I hope that we can agree, is pretty expertly mm-hmm. uh, handled, and we'll talk more about that in, in a moment. Um, so that's really what you're going for is, holy mackerel, there is a 12 minute or 20 minute actually, a 20 minute sort of piece together one shot and things like that. And that's what makes it really startling. Plus, it looks pretty. There's a lot of yeah. red, gold and green, which I like. <laughs> a lot of filters. Um But when you, William, suggested that we might compare this with the Bourne films, which I find so intricate that even though I've watched all of them about six times over, I still couldn't tell you blow by blow what the plots were. I thought, are you kidding me? Mm.
0: Visually, I was very impressed by this film. And I kept saying, oh man, the lighting, the lighting is stunning. Mm. And there's some beautiful photography and Extraction. I actually think the direction uh, was pretty pretty good. Like, I think the issues with feeling too long are more around story and narrative. Like, there's not really a clear reason why each of the action scenes are occurring It's not beyond. really a story <laughs> or a narrative, no. but and, I guess, yeah. And one of the things that I was thinking was, you know, he, he, you, you see him get shot at the start of the film and you're like, oh, then it cuts. And I was like, okay, he's not going to die. He's yeah. going to... Les- the lesson he's going to learn is that he needs to kind of... He, he could never... You know, His kid dies of leukemia as a leukemia.
2: Or mystery illness, mystery yeah. illness,
0: something like that. No, lymphoma. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and and you know he, he he couldn't save his kid. He's this guy that can kind of save anybody, and he couldn't, that's at least what I was mm-hmm. thinking they were going for. And that his lesson would be that he has to kind of let go of that guilt and kind of let go of not having to own own the safety of this child and so maybe through the story with this kid that he's like he's he's bull looking after maybe there's a moment where he does have to let the kid go quote-unquote mm. that then ultimately saves the kid and kind of saves him that would be in my mind a far more satisfying story at least there would be some well it
1: kind character of character development I, I feel like it is kind of trying to unsubtly touch on that right why can't you just be nice to this little boy who has been kidnapped, ripped from his family, kept in appalling conditions and is frightened for his life and you won't even bond with him or tell him your name or ask him anything about himself? <gasps> I know why. Flashback. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, no. So your heart is bruised and you don't want to open up to another child. Gee, I wonder where this will go.
0: But that's, that's, not, the, that's not the... I don't think that's the lesson he needs to learn. Well, that's not the lesson that's inhibiting his life. You know, like he's, what do you
1: think are well, the lessons inhibiting Well, that, that undeveloped, wife. right? So yes, they, they, they right. had a clearer focus.
0: <laughs> like, there's an opportunity here to have a clearer focus of what his character was was grappling with that the story would help unpack. Yeah. Like, that moment where he does open up to him in that that room. Yeah. I'm like, this is completely unearned. There's this guy just, like, spilling his guts to this kid. And this kid's just, like, asking him question after question after question. <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. Mm. This is not how human interactions... Like, well, not with what we've seen them go through.
1: I mean, I suspect that um, with respect to Hargrave, and actually <laughs> the four writers who are attributed to this film, I suspect they were like, look, we've had quite a lot of action. We need to have an emotional moment. Yeah, Go. You can handle that one, Joe. Uh, Joe writes that scene, and then mm. we'll get back into the action
2: but it is surprising because as you say, like Joe and Anthony Russo are two of the, the four writers. Mm. They're also producers and you know, they're known from the big Marvel movies, but also from community and other, you know, smaller sitcoms. And they have a history of just having really good balance with character and comedy and action. And this one maybe because it was based off a pre-existing script, like I was reading through and apparently the script has been in development hell for like a decade. Mm. Um, and maybe it was just, you know, we got to focus on the crux of the action, which is this rescue mission gone wrong. Um, but yeah, completely agree, Jeremy, that scene in David Harbour's bedroom where it's like action, 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 character, 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 Mm. action, action, action
0: (laughs) felt so strange. Like the pacing was completely off. Beautiful shot, though. Yeah. Wonderful. And, pro- yeah. and the production design of the house was incredible. It was like a green... Yeah. Like, it was green and, and really impressive. But it
2: felt real. Like, yeah, not, not oftentimes do you have space that feels lived in uh, in a movie like this.
0: Yeah. Um, the, the David Harbour character was so clearly a mole. Like a, like a... Not a mole. What's the opposite? Like he was a traitor. Yes, yeah. a
1: betrayer. Yeah, yeah,
0: and yeah. And the, 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 the f- only female character in the whole film... She was strange as well, like really underdeveloped. Oh, she, she was a video game character. That, that's what it is. Like the whole movie feels
2: like it's inspired by video games. I did feel like that. I was watching yeah. like this. Not watching. Do you a mean video because
1: game. she was wearing a crisp white blouse that no. was unbuttoned quite low? Because
2: she oh. is an any well <laughs> yes uh, okay, uh, but but even even more so, like she is the female handler of your player character, right? right. She is the person saying, you know, ah, Mister Blogs, head to point X to take out this outpost. And it's you know, it's been in the, your Resident Evils and, and your your Metal Gear Solids. It's always the same kind of stock character, mm. and she is that character writ large in an action movie. And I, I really feel like, especially if we're going to compare this with Born Identity, yeah. like the evolution in action movies between two thousand two and twenty twenty, there's so much of a video game influence. Like everything that Chris Hemsworth does, especially at the end of the movie at the big, big you know bridge sequence. That feels like right, he's he's doing what I would do if I was playing a first-person shooter. Yes. A tank comes at me, I'm gonna try go find a way around and route the tank, you know. I'm gonna try hide behind stuff, and and it's it's really, really interesting to see this new generation, I guess, of, of writers and directors and cinematographers just be brought up with interactive fiction and interactive gaming and then translate that to the big screen yes. uh, by cinema, which is really cool. And mm. that's definitely not something you feel when watching at least the first born film. Like, it does not feel like a video game. It feels like, like classic spy-slash-action movies, and it's shot in a very, very different way.
1: But, but um, so we're going to leap back and forth here, I know, because there's so much to say about all of these. But I remember that the born identity was very striking stylistically for its shaky cam, or its handheld... Um, leaping around quite a lot, am I right? Uh, not Identity so right? It comes it's into supremacy, supremacy, where it goes crazy
2: with poor Greengrass and Shaggy cam. Yes, shaky yes, camp. yes.
1: Because yeah. Doug Lyman is the director of Born Identity, yes. is that right? And then, of course, Greengrass took on Supremacy and, and Ultimatum, oh, mm-hmm. and they feel very um, akin. And, and because I feel like because we, we're not really going to go too far into the Bond movies, but after Daniel Craig brought the Bond movies back, you remember how everybody starts to, to say, well, Bond has gone very much more like Bourne yeah, in a yeah. lot of ways, stylistically as well, mm-hmm. um, with the long follow shots and the fight scenes and the shaky cam and, the, uh, um, and all the, the gritty backstory and all that sort of thing yeah very interesting
0: and then it, with the bond films it's not until sp- uh s- um, spyfall no what's it called skyfall skyfall <laughs> mm. oh, I, I know was i knew major. it was wrong i, knew I, was, I bet I was they, was that
1: to... would have been on a post-it <laughs> note on the whiteboard for about a minute <laughs> skyfall sam
0: Mendes. sam Henders directing he brings back that more romantic mm. quality mm. filming yeah yeah with um with the director of extraction who's sam what's his name hargraves hargraves hargraves, hargraves. Yeah. I'm winning with the words today. Um, he, I, If he has a better script, I can see him making a really good film. You mm. know, like his, like his sensibility of like stunts and photography. Yeah. And, and whilst there was some clunky pacing, the actual way the scenes moved... I, it's I so fluid. Really it's fluid. That, yeah. And I, I think that it just didn't have... The narrative behind the plot to yeah. really. Which lift is what it up. would have
1: made it amazing. And isn't it interesting that it was a Netflix movie? Do you think that they just went, Look, we don't have to make as much of an effort because <laughs> it's not going up against tennis? People
2: are going to see it anyway. Exactly. They're paying for it. Captain Why would you audience.
1: not? Do you know what I mean? No, but seriously, right? <laughs> so we'll give them something that enlivens their miserable Wednesday night in lockdown. It looks amazing. We'll take them to India slash Bangladesh. Um, we'll make it look pretty we'll make it exciting but we don't have to worry about backstory because
0: they're all fake. I don't think nobody makes a conscious
1: choice like they that do everyone's no. like oh my god these people they're all going to be worried about the world as it is we don't want them <laughs> bummed out about let's devote
0: kids. like sections of our life to this project and millions of dollars and let's not worry too much about, about <laughs>
1: story okay but that
0: long sequence is incredible in extraction in extraction yeah. that yes. is <sighs> that is brilliant the best part of the whole film. oh yeah yeah hands down it has such energy
2: to it and even though you know we, we've i mean we just talked about 1917 earlier this year yeah and you know everyone everyone is getting on the wanna train and it's easier now with digital stitching and with all the technology involved but even so just how they how they plan it out how the camera kind of, it doesn't just follow Chris Hemsworth. No. Like, it goes, it follows the baddies for a little bit, follows the kid, Ovi, while he runs away. And everything is so geographically sound. There's yes. no continuity errors. The action is so in your face and out of the blue sometimes. Like, when Chris Hemsworth bursts, I think, out of a doorway and just stabs a guy ten times. <laughs> And then, of course, it, it just keeps going yes. and going and going and two people fall off a building. That's the, that's the, the part of awning. my, my drawer, which <laughs> yeah. was putting a gate just like dropped. Uh, Do yeah. so, you guys well. see the making off video yes. I, sh- I sent you? So you should
1: watch it. It's how they I shot it,
2: yeah. that was they had the two stuntmen go off a awning. Um, and Sam Hargrave, was he jumped off with a handheld camera with them, with a the harness. And it's like, this is why this movie is incredible. Because the director himself is willing to, you know, leap off buildings with his his actors.
1: It's extraordinary. Because did he shoot? He wouldn't have shot the whole thing, but he shot some of those key scenes, right? Which is absolutely... He's strapped
2: on the front of a car Mm. with a harness. And how they get the whole, you know, camera outside, camera into the car, camera out he literally he had a crew member unhook him While the car stopped he ran with the steady cam towards the window and just thrust his arms into the window of the car as far as they would go um, to shoot like the dialogue scene inside like holy moly yeah. this is amazing filmmaking
0: that's, and you feel the difference, right? It's like we talked about it with the Tom Cruise stunts and Mission Impossible. Yeah. And you feel it, or I think about um, Zoe Bell on the front of the car in Death Proof, and you yes. know she's actually on there. Yes. You, you know, you know it's you know it's a movie, but you like there's there's an element of danger to this, and you feel that. Yeah. Realism.
1: So the, um, the fact that da- um, Sam Hargrave was the stunt coordinator in Atomic Blonde, which I hadn't mm. realized, and so I re-watched that fight scene in the stairwell. And it's interesting you say, William, about the first-person shooter point of view, because that feels very much more like the camera is a dude standing in the stairwell, panning left, yeah. panning right, watching what's happening, but it is nowhere near as visceral as the extraction scene which is an incredible because it isn't just in the stairwell and then in the apartment but it actually of course traverses the streets of India mm-hmm. gets in and out of vehicles and all that sort of thing which is inc- it's definitely a step up incredibly powerful
0: it's like uh, it's really hard to film dance sequences and you need someone who's effectively a dancer to be operating that camera so they can weave in and out of the mm-hmm. dance because mm-hmm. you can't just film the dance like it's on a stage mm-hmm. you have to be a part of that dance and know where you're going to move your camera so the stunts are effectively a dance, and it's it's great to see a director who's got that experience literally throwing themselves into the scene. And... I think of
1: the word choreography a lot, in, yeah. particularly in long takes, because and I, even in the Atomic Blonde fight scene, there's some there's some pretty impressive moves by the by Eddie Marsan and and um, Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. And you think about the amount of rehearsal and preparation that will have gone into this so that they know how to get out of the way of. And similarly in the extraction scene, um, when you watch the making of, you'll see that they're at the, that um, Chris Hemsworth and the main baddie are down in the street fighting and a scooter zooms through the middle of them. Now that's got to be well coordinated because that is actually going to happen. Mm. You know, so and,
2: and in the making of video, of that, they show you rehearsing that. Um, so it's Chris Hemsworth versus Randeep Huda, who's awesome. He's, he's such a presence. But um, yeah, in the video, they, they have just a stuntman holding a huge piece of foam, like running through to mimic the scooter. And mm. it's
0: really, really And they having fun. to leap out of just the way. Just timing every single beat. He's, and then, um, what was it, R- uh, Randeep Hooda? R- yes. Randeep Hooda. He's the probably the most well developed character in the whole film. <laughs> <thing>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, funny. You know, you yeah, care about, I kid about him more than anybody else. <laughs> and <laughs> that's
1: interesting, actually, because normally the Hoods aren't, are they? And if, yeah. you know, if we do quickly flip back to the Born Identity Supremacy Ultimatum, where you've got um, a miscellany of New Zealand actors sometimes playing, or, or in identity, I don't know, Clive Owen and whomever. Playing the assassins, yeah, you don't normally get any sort of backstory about them. You
2: get very brief snippets, like you see Clive Owen teaches some piano, and then like cut.
1: Yeah. And in the next, in Supremacy, you know that Martin Shawkash's character is um, also well, ex-Treadstone or Blackbriar. Yeah. And it, you know, but other than that.
0: Let's reflect on the fact that Clive Owen is a bit character in that movie and now he's just not even on the scene. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, his
2: career. I'm sure he's busy. Oh, I thought you were going to go somewhere. <laughs> oh, no. He's... I mean, he, do, you, do you guys remember as uh, the big bad of, um, what, what was that movie called? The, uh, Luc Besson's space epic that we really, lo- oh, I really liked. Oh, uh, um, uh, Valerian. I missed And, the, that one, and yeah. the City of a Thousand well, see, Planets. I don't even remember him being in it. He was the general or the admiral. Oh, yeah, vaguely. And he's like, oh, humanity must come first. And it's like,
1: Man, that's that's
2: Clive Owen. <laughs> now,
1: unintentionally, guys, this is a perfect segue into *Children of Men*.
0: Mmm. So nice. True. But I do ben, love him. In- he's <laughs>
1: amazing, and uh, he is wonderful in that film. But yeah. as so, of course, are the the long shots oh, not stitched oh, together? No. Um, no,
0: that is stitched together.
1: That the car? No, seat. not 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 the car chase. right? No.
0: Yes, yes, it is. So there's the final shot where so the car, so the camera in the car is all happening. Mm-hmm. But when the camera moves out of the car, ah, there's a cut there. okay, okay, yeah, oh, just yeah. not my, my world is slightly less magical yeah. now <laughs> because because the whole there's all that contraption on top of the car, right? Yeah. And then the car seats all move down so the camera can move around. Yeah, but of course. You have to see the car drive yeah,
2: away. Yeah, so, that's true. I mean, it's when it goes over the um. I always the thought they, they just CGI'd out that stuff, but no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: that's not to diminish it at all. No. So... so... No, stitching
0: together shots is like... I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's as long as it's not noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So that's Quaron, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Quaron, if you're listening, we still think it's amazing. And look, you know, it's seminal, right? It's the it's the long shot, complicated yeah. fight scene, chase scene, car crash, everything that everyone goes back to. But this, so. it's, it's,
0: it's, there's that one at the end as well, and the war scene. That's yes. just as impressive. Yeah. You've
1: been yeah. going up into the apartment building yeah. and everything. And the yeah, explosion the down yeah.
0: the thing, and the, the kill yeah. with the battery. That's yeah, holding all the movie. Yes. So, Born Identity is not um, a film that kind of is flashy like that. It's very, like you said, William, classic. And and I think that even even in 2002, that felt fresh that oh, it was this yes. classical 70s style of filmmaking. Mm. But um, without it
1: looking 70s, because yeah, it doesn't that's right. look like The Conversation or any of those films at all. It's very, yeah.
0: Oh, The Conversation is a great film. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah and just, just you know, Matt Damon really owning his status as an action hero yeah. mm-hmm. he'd not done a film like that before as far mm-hmm. as I'm aware um, he looks very young in identity mm. <laughs> do you know who else looks really young Walter Goggins
2: He's and Walter Goggins in it <laughs> he's one of the tech guys under Chris Cooper good lord and the camera went by yesterday and I was like oh my god that's Walter Goggins <laughs> wow <laughs> Michelle Monaghan
1: in um, Identity and Supremacy. Mm-hmm. She's replaced in Ultimatum because it's someone it's else's like, team. Oh my but gosh, um, all these these wonderful actors. But from... she was a somebody by then, and I, yeah. and I I rewatched Born Supremacy, and I was like, I know that's Michelle, and I don't understand why she doesn't have a bigger role. Because, and I flick through her IMDb, <laughs> and sure enough, she'd been doing all this <laughs> stuff. So it wasn't one of her breakout yeah. sort of roles at all.
0: What's that? Julia Styles. She's in all of them. Yeah. Until yeah. she's mercilessly killed in the. One. Such
1: a bad movie that's,
0: It's so disappointing You're finally bringing This character you've been in. Oh that's so annoyed me I was waiting for the Julie Stiles like character Greengrass Gilroy Together again Oh wait wait Did Gilroy
2: No Gilroy didn't write that one Right That was only Greengrass And Gilroy The solo Gilroy movie Was that dumb Jeremy Renner one About the Kems. I didn't yeah. mind that one I didn't <laughs> mind that one I mean, I sort
0: of became superhero With the Kems. Anima Kams
1: That's um, that's the Born Legacy. Yeah, yeah. I quite. I mean,
0: I liked it. Rachel Weisz, Philippines. Oh, okay. i
1: will watch oh. it again, but I do remember just feeling really, really sad inside through the whole film because Jason Bourne wasn't in it.
0: Well, I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed that film, whereas that Jason Bourne film was. Mm. I don't even remember anything no, about
2: it. No, it was, it was very, a riot increase. Lo-fi. It was something about like I don't know hacking.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so disappointing because is <laughs> such a perfect movie.
1: Yeah. So there is another comparison that can be made, gentlemen, between Born Ultimatum and Extraction. And this is the use of extras versus the use of real people in massive crowd scenes. Mm. So um, something that I found fascinating about Born Ultimatum is that there are two pretty major scenes. I love the Waterloo Station scene Ooh. more than almost anything I've ever seen in my entire life. And they were not able to shut down Waterloo Station and they were only able to film, I think it was between 10 and 4, during the day because obviously that you, you couldn't do it while you had your intense commuting time at either end but that meant that there was just joe ordinary tourist and english person or whomever um, in waterloo station while patty considine's being shot in the head uh, by a sniper and <laughs> and all that nice stuff <clears throat> and it was extraordinarily well handled and it's an incredible scene and similarly as you will have um, seen in the um making of uh extraction they couldn't clear the streets, um, in order to do those um, scenes. Similarly, actually, going back to Born Ultimatum in Tangier, they couldn't, uh, or Tangiers, as they call it the whole time, I think, don't they? Whatever. Um, They couldn't clear the the alleyways and the markets and everything, so they just bundled on through. So you've Mm -hmm. got um, Julia Stiles and uh, Carlo Barnes, the one who's after... No, Desh. The chap who plays Desh, who's after her, running down the alleyway Mm -hmm. and causing havoc. Among um, genuine Moroccans. Wow!
0: How does it work for permissions?
1: Um, well, I, I think they would have had more trouble um, shutting it all down. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, from what I've heard or seen or read anecdotally, maybe this was in the special features of the DVD. I can't remember. Damn! I find those fascinating. But, I mean, more in terms um, of
0: like showing people's faces. How do you how oh. do you get their consent? Maybe you don't need. Your, maybe in those countries you don't need consent for filming.
1: Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. Like in New Zealand, you, could, you couldn't possibly. Uh, you need
0: know. you need consent for people to be shown on camera. Do you just
2: get someone standing by the entrance of Waterloo Station with like forms?
1: I can't imagine. <laughs> Maybe
0: and they will <laughs> all these, sign off all these pieces of paper.
1: Oh yes, actually no. I know what how they'll probably handle it. It's like when you come into the airport and they say we are currently recording hmm. um, border patrol, border whatever it's called. Oh right. You know if you have any objections to this, let us know. Yeah. Oh, Your right. image may wind up.
0: Oh, okay. On a, a really boring,
1: low-grade television show.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Born, but we
1: can't guarantee it.
0: Born Identity, um, you know, has a much more of a slow build compared yeah. to the other ones because mm. they're establishing. Mm. And it's the mystery, right? He doesn't know who he is, mm-hmm. and they sort of milk that mystery for all it's worth in the subsequent films. Mm. Um, but it's it's a great mystery of him going in and finding his identities, and mm. and of course, there's a lovely crashing of two worlds together with the Franco Potente mm. yeah, character. Yeah. Um, which is, I guess, to um, compare it to this—the the relationship between—I want to call him Jake, but it's not because it's Tyler, like, Rake. Tyler. Tyler Rake, yeah. Um, Tyler Rake or slash Brad. You should be a Brad um, <laughs> and his handler. We um, oh, no, um, and it was like he could have been a, oh, a Chris, his <laughs> previous wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um You know, with the kid. No, with the kid I'm talking about. Oh, you be, know, building up yeah. a kid over the movie. Um, the Stockholm Syndrome is obviously part of the story of Born Identity, but they build it up. It's, it feels really earned by the yeah. end of it. And mm. There's a lovely romance that's that's building there, mm. and they're able to tell exposition on the road, which yep. I always enjoy. It m- reminds me of the Terminator, the original Terminator mm. film. Where all this exposition is happening whilst the action is happening, mm-hmm. mm. um, and the stakes are high. Like when mm-hmm. they go to the the family's house, I'm like, oh, this is oh. you don't want the ex boyfriend, is it, or her ex partner, or no, her brother. Is it her brother? Yeah. Oh, and her, her nephew? Wait,
1: are you talking about what? extraction or identity? Identity, identity right? Oh, inborn Born Identity. Yeah. Uh, it, that's her previous lover. Oh, so, yeah. uh, Oh, okay, Clive okay. Owen yeah. is her previous lover. No, not Clive Owen. Oh, sorry. No, not Clive Owen, because he's in the field. <laughs> like in, the, the, sorry. Yeah, she goes to her previous lover. Uh-huh. I feel house. like I right. He is, okay. he is. It okay. was maybe,
0: did he have an affair with her?
1: Not sure, but definitely, um, I'm pretty sure Wikipedia said previous lover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it goes there, and it's the family, and da-da-da, yes.
0: Yeah. I don't don't know. I'm not making any point here. I'm just sort of reliving
1: the film. Just reminiscing. (laughs) Yeah. I absolutely adore films where people... The Long Kiss Goodnight, Gina Davis, back Mm. in the olden days, is a case in point, where people... Have amnesia and they don't know why they know how to do something. And I freaking loved that film. The way that suddenly she was the chopping knife. a <laughs> tomato and she's like, ju, 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 "How do I know how to do this?" And then she can speak I'm languages, right? She's like, "Chefs do that." And, and the then, fact then she that, kills
0: the. No, she throws the knife at the wall. Chefs do that. <laughs> Chefs do that. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: the cream. And the fact that Jason Bourne is sitting in the diner yeah. saying. How do I know that that guy's two hundred and fifty pounds yeah. and knows how to handle himself? How do I know he's got a gun in his glove box? <laughs> how do I know this? You know, and it's I just oh, I love things like that, and then I love the characters' burgeoning realization of their own skills and all yeah. that sort of thing. You know, yeah. it's wonderful. I didn't get that from Extraction. No, all no. I got was there's a secret here, and I'm not interested in finding out what it is, and you're never going to well, tell me. I, I,
2: I think that's because Tyler Rake has. I mean. He's he's not really a character. He he's actualized as much as he could actualize. Yeah. Um. And I, I think it's it's interesting because he is. I mean, he's portrayed at the beginning of the movie as self-destructive, and he's kind of he's this looking he's looking for the bullet. You yeah. Know, the the guy who's, who's lost his kid and he's, he wants to end it all and all that stuff and kind of the movie. Well, his arc should be that he regains some humanity because of what he goes through, mm. and I guess it is there in the text, but it's, it's just really flimsy stuff. And really, I mean, to be fair to the movie, that's not really what the movie is interested in.
0: No, but you need, like, for a movie to be yeah. satisfying, you need to have those different layers of storytelling going yeah. on. So that yes. the moment where he gets shot on the bridge, if he is going to die, well, then that needs to be punctuated with a um, <laughs> did, you know, sort of did that, yeah, that yeah. um that needs to be yeah it needs to be aligned with the emotional journey. there needed to be some choice that he was making that that led mm. to that action. Otherwise it's just not satisfying.
1: Yeah. Well I mean he saves the kid's life. But for, he's been trying to do that the whole time. That's the whole movie. Mm. Look, I'm not defending him, don't get me wrong. I didn't feel anything, but okay. I, I definitely don't... Th- I mean, and you're not suggesting that they could have, but they definitely couldn't have saved his life at the, at the end of that bridge scene and made him walk off into the sunset.
2: But but they they did, right? He takes him to a swimming lesson at the end of the movie. Oh, shoot. <laughs> are you kidding me? Wait, did you not see The Stinger? Who are you talking about? The kid or the... Chris Hemsworth. No, but, but, no Chris Hemsworth. He, did you guys not watch The Stinger? What? At the end of the credits... What, what? Did you not watch this thing? No. I told you not! <laughs> Are you kidding me? At the end of the credits, uh, Ovi is, I guess we we assume it's the States. Or, Australia, or somewhere that's not Bangladesh. Um, he's at a public pool, he gets on the dive board, and he leaps <gasps> in. And I did the, see that. And it's the whole like water metaphor, you know? Yeah. Um, being submerged and rising up. And, Or that stuff. Born again. Yeah, and when he comes out, you see a kind of fuzzy figure in the background in
1: shorts. That's so right, you're so right. How did I forget that? that?
0: I missed
1: it. Yeah, but I forgot it. It's probably worse. Yes! I just. Oh, that's oh, I so dumb them. though. Like, that
0: doesn't make sense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's not Chris and it's just this random guy in shorts. Oh, you yeah, know, maybe, no. maybe
1: it's just... like a dream person, like um, a hallucination yes. <laughs> Maybe he just
0: needs glasses. <laughs> no,
1: no. But maybe should have gone to Specsavers. No. But maybe, no, but maybe it's like a ghostly figure of like, and um, this is the guy who saved my life and who's now like given me this kind of, um, this lack of fear going forward. Maybe,
0: maybe. If you want it to be serious, <laughs> can we talk about the other and very impressive action sequence in Extraction, which is the fight with the children? Because oh. unlike oh. what stunt woman, uh, stunt woman, what stunt people are they using? Yeah, uh, who's doing the stunts? Are they for actual them? Kids, kids? Stunt kids? Stunt kids? Stunt kids. It, it, the, the, the moment where he grabs that
2: kid and like throws them against the car door. Yeah, I, I was I? I think I audibly gasped.
0: Yeah, I don't know how they did it. I yeah. genuinely don't know how they did it. I can't ooh, remember ooh, it. Ooh, <laughs> 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 but was what? it Dummies? Like...
1: <laughs> I don't know. Have you Googled it?
2: Uh, no, no. Because, I mean, this is a it's a... I think it's a US-Indian co-production. Mm. Um, and so they obviously had a lot of Bollywood actors and a lot of, like, Bollywood film crew Mm-mm. on set. Um, but, man, that was so impressive. Yeah. He calls them the Goonies from hell. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you know, this is a total digression, yeah. but I'm... Um, I watched this fascinating thing about Buster Keaton. Okay, we're going way back, right? Very, very, very physical comedy. Grown mm-hmm. um, and grew up in a sort of a, not quite a circus family, but I think pretty much kinder. And his parents' act would be throwing him from person to person and throwing him around. And he learned to hold his body in a way, land in a certain way as a oh, small wow. child and became very famous as almost floppy I suppose yeah. and, and that he was able to safely fall, hit against things and all that sort of thing without breaking so mm. maybe there's an amazing arm in Bollywood that's training young people to be he's like Buster Stun- Keaton
0: Wow, wow. Buster Keaton is incredible and he's a stuntman amazing,
1: if yeah. Yeah. amazing. Yeah. The, the
0: original stuntman yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: so
1: maybe Maybe there is a means, a way and a means, or maybe it's CGI, or maybe they're dummies.
2: I I, I think all of that, oh, and also um, one more thing, which is I really did enjoy the David Harbour fight. Like, it was so, it was so real. Mm. You would feel, like, the tussle between this guy that, you know, is just this big dad bod dude, Mm. Um, and then Chris Chris Hemsworth, you know, we've seen him kicking butt through the entire movie, Mm. and he just can't out-grapple this dude. And it's, it's not flashy. It's just two big guys grappling on the kitchen floor. And it felt really different from the rest of the movie. True that. Um, in a really good way. Yes. Mm. Yeah.
1: Like a trained guy who's now a little bit Retired-y but has still got it in him. Yeah, right? like, yeah. 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 I, so I, I yeah.
2: thought his character was just worth it
0: for that yeah, fight. Yeah, like, he was
1: good. Oh, I enjoyed That was cool. Him.
0: That was really cool. I was genuinely just trying to remember the scene while you're talking, and oh. then I was like, slowly, I was like, yeah, that's right, really that happened. <laughs> Why is this film so forgettable? <laughs> because uh... it's
2: because the central set
0: piece is so cool. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> Everything go with that.
2: else is like, oh, not that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, one final thing I want to say about extraction—I uh, have it on my phone—which is watching the end set piece uh, with the the bridge fight, mm. and somehow like the, the my brother called him the king of Bangladesh, like the drug lord big bad, <laughs> which was he ter- was
0: barely even a thing, <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: I hate these villains who are like, oh, I'm so f- sophisticated. I'm not going to get my white suit dirty with this riffraff. No, armies of hell. Please take out this one mm. dude. And he spends the entire fight on these super binoculars, like looking at explosions, like, oh, he's over there. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, he starts sending his goons, right? And it is it is a literal army that Chris Hemsworth mows down. Um, him and um uh, Randy Puder. Mm. Like, guys with... Tactical vests and tanks. And and it brought to mind a quote from uh, Terry Pratchett uh, in the book, Guards, Guards. um, And the foreword of the book goes, They may be called the Palace Guard, the City Guard, or the Patrol. Whatever the name, their purpose in any work of heroic fantasy is identical. It is round chapter three, or ten minutes into the film, to rush into the room, attack the hero one at a time, and be slaughtered. No one ever asked them if they want to. This book is dedicated to those five men. (laughs)
1: That's adorable. No one ever asked them if they want
2: to. The number of, like, literally faceless, because they're wearing body armor, faceless stunt dudes who rush at either Hemsworth or Hooter one by one and just get butchered is hilarious. And, yeah, what, what's going to happen to Bangladesh after the events of the movie? I mean, they have no police, they have no I know. military, <laughs> it's
0: all gone. That's what I, was, I feel very uncomfortable with the amount of, I guess, brown faces that were getting like butchered in this movie and shot in this film. And I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, this is a mercenary going in and he's supposed to be, our, he's like our anti-hero. It For was... the
1: sake of one guy and one kid. All, yeah, all, all the... All the people
0: all the people <laughs> that were killed with the cars driving through communities. For this one drug lord's son.
2: I, 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 I kind of was mixed about the whole thing, because on the one hand, we're supposed to think, ah, these are all corrupt cops. <laughs> and uh. It's like, it's, it's okay that they die, because they're getting money from, again, the king of Bangladesh. Uh, and, oh, by the way, how they make the king of Bangladesh looks so evil is also so
0: over the top mm-hmm. throwing the kid i off just the thing. toss kids off buildings. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is horrible yeah and that kid that you thought was going to be a bit more of a character kind of yeah. he just wasn't oh. yeah yeah <laughs> oh man so in identity you have villains that are far more well-formed we know who are you know this maybe they're there's a there's a total of maybe three three villains right assassins assassins yeah, sure. yeah. well then there's the um, villains
1: who are in the office who are yeah. sort of directing the pawns aren't they but yeah
0: you have a clear sense of who they are and there's a mm-hmm. clear uh, focus of their character development sure and it's it's just so much more satisfying and you kind of kill like, you're sad when Clive Owen dies right yeah, like, yeah. It's, a, it's a sad moment you are sad yeah you're right and I didn't realize this because like, I watched some recaps of the other films as well but he Jason Bourne parrots Clive Owen's speech. Back to the dude in Ultimatum. Yes, mm-hmm. I to
1: Edgar Ramirez when he doesn't shoot yeah. him.
0: I didn't pick that up when I've any no. of my rewatchings of Ultimatum. No, because I don't think I've ever watched them in such, such quick succession.
1: No, but also know. to be fair, it's. I mean, sure, but to be fair, the line is something like, "Look at what they make us do," mm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it isn't the most memorable line. I mean, it's pertinent in both cases, but do you know what I mean? It's not. I don't know. Yeah yippee-ki-yay mother beep or something like that that you might remember <laughs> yeah, <know>. yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah it's cute um and
0: then you've got the sort of the, the revolving door of white older actors don't you yeah sort of yeah one? um chris cooper david stratham uh, brian cox no i mean brian the cox. main the big bad because albert finney in the third one Yeah. yeah brian cox yeah
2: uh well um no david stratham is
0: the big bad in the third one yeah
1: isn't he yeah he is Is he? yeah oh. he's um noah volsom
0: Oh, I don't even remember. Well, I was meaning more than like in the office. Yeah, yeah. he is. No, he is, is he? he's the deputy director. He's the guy shouting at screens. The, <laughs> uh, I don't he's the even
1: remember. deputy director Jesus of the Christ. FBI. It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah. Noah Volsom, I think his name is. David Streven. Um He's really good in that, actually. I've seen yeah. him be lame, but he was really good. Pam Landy. Yeah. She's great. Oh my gosh, Joan I love her.
0: And I loved the sore um, twist in the third film that mm. most of the movie was happening in, in the second one. In the second film. <laughs> I love those kind well, of
1: things. So I look back on this because I found it fascinating yeah. because it was the most thrilling thing because that I did remember in the Bourne Ultimatum when he's spying on her and he says get some rest pam yeah. you look tired well, well, Wee- um... yeah, <laughs> oh we'll get on to the movie song we'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> but um yeah so it is it's kind of a, it's kind of a dovetaily thing so then when i re-watched born supremacy i was like okay so what happens after he says that to her so he says that to her and then he goes off and he makes peace and he tells um the daughter of the russian family i'm really sorry i think i killed your parents and so on and so forth so i've then tried to piece that together no and he doesn't he does it before doesn't he he does he, he he has a chat with the girl before that he's, i get you i get you so therefore you're right so then when you're watching born ultimatum you're like what is all the stuff that's happening here oh yes that's right he's just walked out on killing carl urban in the underpass well, you know, the car crash. Mm-hmm. So you're right, that's where it picks up from. So then it's what's interesting, you're right, is watching the Bourne Ultimatum to see, well, what happens all in that bit there before he goes back to Pam Landy and says the mm-hmm. thing? You don't, you
0: don't, I mean, when I was watching Ultimatum, I didn't realise that he was just leaving that car chase. It didn't, no. It didn't make sense. Um, oh, sorry, it didn't, not it didn't make sense. It just didn't connect, which of course no. is the purpose of it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the great, and again, spoilers for Saw 4, I think, or Saw was a Saw Three or four? 4 I, I, I think can't. it's 4, four he, it ends up that yeah. it's in the same they all, it all ends up in the same um, climax of Saw 3 oh that's clever but you don't realise that until it's, you're in the climax and you're right. like oh my gosh it's happening it's and all it's been happening <laughs> at the same time it, you know it's really really cool um, but also the films
1: came out many years apart so you're absolutely right yeah. after yeah. Supremacy you then you, you know you forget a bit watch Ultimatum and then off you go
0: so let's talk about the Moby song. It's, it's iconic. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Very old by the time you get to the fifth born film. Mm. Um, so apparently
1: it was used, it was exactly the same for Identity and Supremacy. And then it was re-recorded, a slightly oh, different really? mix of it for Ultimatum. Yeah, slightly hmm. different. I mean, you know, not that you'd notice. Hmm. But, um, but I just think it's so, I mean, look, I was there when Moby was massive, yo, in the early 2000s. I think it is adorable that you would continue to use his song well into the 2010s to <laughs> 20s. Or when when did Ultimatum come out?
2: 2007? 20... 2007? Seven? Yeah. Seven. Oh, okay. oh, is that
0: yeah. all?
1: Yeah. Okay. But it still felt kind of cute that they'd still be banging that song out. <laughs> well, it's, out, so, it's you quite know? an
0: antithesis to the rest of the film, particularly Identity. Like, there's a sense of humour about... Not humour, but there's a sense of life about supremacy and ultimatum that is as much darker in identity I think mm. Mm. a grittier element to it but the Moby song is such a great way to cap off that story and yeah I love the is it Nikki is her name Nikki yeah and she does a little smile at the end and you yes. get the the final shot of ultimatum I'm talking about. Yeah. That's it, the the song becomes the way of, <laughs> yes. of letting us know he's all good and then And that he's
1: gonna rise up through water again. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's oh, right. oh my gosh, another connection. Of course. Oh, yeah. well, uh-huh. Let's, let's, let's talk
0: about that lame, lame metaphor and extraction. Because okay. that's so dumb. I was like, this is clearly gonna become a thing later. And then is the kids telling the story and oh this is so dumb.
1: <laughs> what, the water? The whole <laughs> kind of diving of off water. Braving to die. Yeah, well,
0: I, I, I want to meditate in, in the uh, waterfall pool. It looks so cool. <laughs> yeah, that does look cool. <laughs> but the, the, the metaphor's not clear. Like, you're, being, you're drowning. Don't rise you're, up, You're yeah. just quiet and you're drowning. I don't, you know
1: but then you live. It's and because... it's the same with Bourne, right? He's yeah. Bourne I'm fine. He's constantly I'm fine jumping Bourne. off high places into water and maybe yeah. being like shot to death and then swimming away.
0: I, I don't mind the Bourne reality, but I just mean an extraction that they've got this lame story that they think is yeah. being, being clever with <laughs> subtext. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, like I say, you know, they're probably like, we're going to need something. We well, need girls to watch this film. guess yeah, Maybe maybe it's, it's my... my... Oh, no, it's got Chris. No, don't worry. We're <laughs> fine. We're fine. Sorry.
2: That's well, different. I was going to say, maybe, it's my my uh russo bias uh but i i thought some of the writing was was pretty good um in small snippets like when in um small in, in <laughs> <snippets>. <laughs> yes <laughs> but when when uh Ty- tyler Rake is talking to to hand, uh, what's her name uh nick or vic do Nick, you, do we care? <laughs> like, <laughs> she's wearing a crisp white blouse yeah. that's unbuttoned quite low. She looks amazing. She's got a yeah. power haircut, and she, her she...
1: hair is not frizzy even in the heat. Yeah, oh. that's right. <laughs> uh. I I did like how there was
2: like zero romantic tension between them. That's yes. true. Cool. That's cool.
1: And plus she's from um
2: from Patterson. Did
1: you guys watch that? Oh yes, I um yes, yeah, because because she was um
2: Adam Driver's um girlfriend, girlfriend. in Patterson, oh, the one who makes yeah. all the cupcakes. I is okay. obsessed with black and white. <laughs> Actual.
1: You'd like it, it's yeah. Nice it's fun. good.
2: It's good. But, but but anyway, um, what was I gonna say? Uh, what wait, what was it? Oh yes, the the little when he's on the phone to her and she's like, dump the kid, you know, get yourself out, Tyler. It's pointless. He's he's living. A dead living kid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, what,
2: what, it's a zombie movie. I would have been happy if it turned into a zombie film. This sounds like
1: amazing dialogue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're really, really
2: selling <laughs> <laughs> the writing, right? The quality. But um, oh. but, but 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 then of course, in it, in most other movies, he would have that, that internal struggle of like, oh, I'm having feelings, like oh, this is like my surrogate child. And in, in this movie. Like, The phone's loud enough for Ovi just to overhear, and it's like, Are you gonna, are you gonna leave me? Which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it's, it's a I nice that. little narrative shortcut, like, Okay, we, we don't need all that stuff, let's yeah. just get, get straight to it. And yeah. I
0: will just to kind of criticize the Bourne films, it always annoyed me, even back when I saw it as a teenager. That the Franca potente character dies. Like I know she oh, has to die so... for the story to for her to be. Because she doesn't of the story. die in the books. But it's like it's such a sexist trope, right? Uh, that the woman has to die to to, it's to true, give motivation. It's true, but I have
1: to say, it horrified me on first watch that she died, and so I felt all of the pain and horror for him. So mm-hmm. it was very powerful and effective. So. You know, I don't yeah. feel that it was just a, a plot point, a plot trigger sort of thing. I think, to be honest, if she had lived and then they'd gone on the run a bit longer, I would have gone, eh, really. So I thought it was a brave move narratively. It's
0: C- like the, the the girl from the fridge, though, right? Is yeah, the it is, it's the ultimate fridging. Yeah,
2: because <laughs> <laughs> she, her character is fine in the books. Like, and they mm. they get married and stuff. It's Yeah, yeah it's uh it's a huge departure nobody wants to attend (laughs) the born wedding (laughs) what if they were to break
0: up and fake her death and then she went and lived somewhere else and then maybe at the end of the film he just saw her from afar every now and again oh right Um, (laughs) oh no that's mission impossible (laughs) (laughs) all right okay
2: they tie off that loose
0: end (laughs) Um. thank you for listening to another episode of cinema in context if you enjoyed our podcast then please share it with your film loving friends you can listen to Cinema in Context on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Radio Public. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube which are great places to let us know what you think of this episode or give us suggestions for future films to discuss and compare. Look out for our next episode in a month's time and since we're all together again, hey. Ka kite anō.
2: Well, my name is Tyler Rake. I kill people with a rake. When people try to f**k with me, they make a big mistake. My specialty's extraction, guaranteed satisfaction. And with my jobs, I always add a little extra action. I can take a hundred bullets and still finish what I start. There's just one thing I can't extract, the pain inside my heart. So I pop a dozen pills and wreck up a thousand kills. Then go extract another kid, because that's what pays the bills. Yeah, my name is Tyler Rake. I kill people with a rake. So don't you try to f**k with me or your bones are gonna break.
0: Yeah! oh my god well done well done Uh, for those of you still listening that is uh doug dilliman um 2020 and uh thank you doug you're welcome